Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Were you one of those procrastinators? Am I talking about funding your 401k now? Am I talking about getting money into the market now? I'm talking about one of those procrastinators that kind of knew in the back of their head they were going to get the Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight Saturday night, pay-per-view. They were going to do it last second because they didn't really want to admit to wanting it and liking it, and then last second they try. Um, ultimately, delaying the start of the fight. Uh, the cable industry already has a reputation of an industry that's beset with criticism over poor service and competition from things like streaming services. Um, some boxing fans circumvented cable altogether watching the fight live on video streaming apps such as Meerkat and Twitter's Periscope, which let users broadcast video directly to the internet from their smartphones. That's going to be a big problem. You're going to start seeing it at sporting events, too, um, where they're going to come tap you on your shoulder and say, please put your phone away at once. And the second time, they're going to say, get out of our stadium. People using their phones as basically live video cameras. Um, yeah, so were you one of those procrastinators? A lot of people angry about the results of the fight. A lot of people angry that they paid $100 for such a... Let's just put it this way. Did you watch the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? If you did, I think those horses took a harder beating than Pacquiao and or Mayweather. And that's not saying a good thing. Those guys came out of the ring $100 million richer without barely a puff on their face. Um, that's all I got. Bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. So you and I recently were talking about younger people having a lot of money in cash. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, they don't trust the market. I was talking to an HR person recently, and she's like, yeah, my company does 8% match, and all I got to do is get these young people to sign something, and they just don't do it. Like they're turning down 8% free money. And another thing she said is in their 401k, they, they take 10% out, but it all stays in cash. Yeah. I, I think it's the 99, 1% you know, movement that we had that almost worked against the same people. Okay. Um, 
because of what happened on Wall Street. And, you know, I, I believe some people should have been thrown in jail for what happened with the credit crisis. Um, I think some people, and going even further back, uh, let's talk about people thrown in jail because I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. In, let's, in, who are we going to throw in jail from the IRS? In 99 to 2001, <laughs> there was that excessive period where we, from 96 to 2000, we went straight up. Yeah. Crazy markets. Mm-hmm. And then when it fell apart, you know, the people who were hurt were people who got in late. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who hurt those people were like some CEOs of like that should never have been CEOs, companies that should never have been publicly traded. That's mm-hmm. something that I wish our SEC could figure out. Yeah. Like, shouldn't there be a tougher requirement for going public? Nope. And remaining public. I mean, like, can you justify no revenue and have a huge multiple on your stock? If you've got no earnings and you've got little revenue, I, th- like, I think there should be some warning signs. Yeah. on the stock ticker or something. So at least people see, like, if this company continues this, they'll run out of money in three years. Right. Yeah. Which is one of those tools that you and I like. Barron's always does a annual edition of companies that are burning through cash. Yeah, that's a great one. And it's 100 companies. It's like, I don't want to own any of those 100 companies. <laughs> let's, let's take a look-see, look-see. That's right. Um, people it, going to jail. It's it's tough. Yeah, they could be... So the the 99%, 1%, you know, the all those protests, everything else, they're those same people. I mean, are you ever going to trust Wall Street again? They're not going to trust somebody sitting in a room with a suit and tie anymore. So that's why you have all of these technology-based money management firms showing up because people would rather trust technology than they'll trust some guy in a suit. Um, and I get it. I get it. They, they've seen their parents go through hell yeah. in terms of two bubbles, putting off the retirement, college education soaring, and they seem like they don't trust Wall Street yet. If we look past the hundred years, you know, from today, the market's averaged over eleven percent. Yeah, there's even, no better return, even despite these bubbles. And it's and people, statistically, there's no safer thing to do. Yeah, you know, and, and people look at, especially in the Bay Area, it's an issue because then people trust real estate more. I was talking to a person that they moved out of their house. Um, they've got, you know, you, if, as long as you've lived out for two out of the last five years, you can sell it and exclude your $500,000 if you're married of gains. So they're up against that time frame. They've got to put it up for sale now to sell it because that $500,000 exclusion goes away. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to sell it. I'm getting $50,000 net rental income on that. And when I did the math on the equity on this Palo Alto home, it was a 2% income. Yeah. It seems like a big check coming in the door. Sure. But you could double that in in uh, a balanced portfolio in terms of income and so it's not that great a cash flow. So people trust kind of the wrong things right now. Um, so we get, we got to get these kids to just learn how to, number one, be able to invest on their own, yeah. be able to use technology so they can see it and trust it. Um, and it's something that I've become kind of passionate about. We're working on a program just for that at our company because we've always managed half a million dollars and above. And um, I'm looking out, you know, these are our clients in 10, 15 years. So let's give them a tool um, so they can do it on their own and do it kind of with technology so they get more comfortable with the market again instead of just think about the, the scumbags that sold collateralized debt obligations and then sold, sold insurance on top of it. It is really unfortunate that, you know, we did go through the quote-unquote two bubbles. And what were those two bubbles? Just making sure I got the You got the tech correction and you got the okay. credit crisis. Okay. The credit I, crisis I pulled down real estate. And during the tech correction, um, you know, in 99, 2000, 2001, my small cap value funds, my REITs, they were doing great. Real yeah. estate was doing great. Credit crisis pulled everything down. Everything fell off a cliff. Asset allocation didn't technically work because um, 
there were so much redemptions in the world of hedge funds and all these yeah. leveraged assets that hedge funds even had to sell off their gold and oil, the things that tend to do well during a crisis, in order to meet redemptions. Um, but it created some major value, like a lot of bonds, like higher yield bond funds, dropped 20, 30%. You know, we jumped on some of that stuff in 2009 and had double digit type returns in things like bond funds. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Hard Rock Hotel has revealed that there's a credit card security breach going on. Potential breach may have included names, credit card numbers, and the CVV security numbers, but not the PIN numbers. Wow. Doesn't it feel like that is a regular story now? I've been getting a batch of credit cards reissued with the new chip PIN security. But still, not one retailer has asked me for a PIN number, which would just maximize, just not maximize, but it would greatly increase the security on your card from just a swipe. Comcast income rose on the cable unit gain. Comcast added 407,000 new customers for their broadband internet service. How is that possible? That's, doesn't everyone have cable modems that want cable modems? Or am I missing something here? Elsewhere, Disney's Age of Ultron had a huge $187 million weekend, but it didn't beat its predecessor. So, and it did miss expectations. Maybe there's just too much going on this weekend, right? AMC Network's profit rose 69% on strength of Walking Dead and Mad Men. There is a content expectation there. Sometimes content is king, and sometimes it's the internet cable company who delivers that content to you. Uh, and there's always the debate, chicken and the egg. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll take a break. Be right back. Black talking money, investing, and more. Social media. Some people will call it Web 2.0. You go back into the mid-90s and you had companies like Cisco selling routers to companies, switches. And the whole idea was to, not the whole idea, was to get corporations to put up web pages for the dot-com era. Social media was to make it a little less go and see versus go and share. So instead of seeing what a company had to offer, you can now start doing things like sharing reviews on Yelp. I had the most amazing dinner at Nobu. Look, a picture. And we would put that on Yelp. Or we would tweet 
to our followers and our friends, look at this delicious, delicious piece of sushi that I got at John Vervedos or Nobu, like I said. Um, on occasion, you know, we many years ago we looked at web pages and like I'd like to work for that company and the company you know decides like yeah let's figure this out and they started LinkedIn, an online marketplace where you can search for jobs and kind of network. Networking is the biggest thing that I regret not doing well in the years past. I really, really regret it. I feel as if my 20s, I was building a business that I should have been building business and networking. So anyway, we got the, the whole basis of talking about social networks down. If the love affair between the public markets and the social media companies is over, and it looks like it's over, as far as the public markets, the stock market, Twitter, LinkedIn, Yelp all had really, really rough goes last week, losing one-fifth of their value in the same week. A lot of people have been predicting this for months, that valuations were just too high. All three companies delivered quarterly results that fell short of expectations. So the public markets, publicly traded stocks, have analysts who cover them, and the analysts basically said, you know, we're wrong. We thought you could make more money than you could. So there was an app called Secret, and it closed its doors. Um, money does matter. Fads don't mean sustainable revenue. Millions of users don't equate to business models. Secret had 15 million at its peak. I'll get to that call in just a second. So the tie that I want to put together is that investors funded a 24% jump in social media companies in 2014 to 411 companies. 111 companies have raised capital so far this year. Back in 2010, it was a total of 122. This equity that's being raised jumped 86% to $33 billion. And this is when it could create problems for the smaller companies, for the company that your friend is working for. Google and Facebook will now be in the position of buying companies, and they don't have to buy the small ones. They can buy the big ones and get some you know, bigger numbers, per se. So if you know someone at a startup, Seeing that social media has turned with Yelp, with LinkedIn, with Twitter, it is a very, very bad problem. I'm not saying, like, go out and, like, get another job, but notice that there is something there. Let's go to Elizabeth in Fremont. Hey, Rob. Good Elizabeth, morning. good morning to you. Thank you for, for the call. Um, body cameras, I wonder from just curiosity perspective, how you feel about uh, investing into body cameras and what your thoughts are around if there's any companies out there that should be under my watch list. Yeah, I would start with one, and I'm going to give you the name of it in just a second. What you want to do is, once I give you the name, is get the annual report from the company. And if you have a brokerage relationship, what you want to do is get an annual report or like companies like Fidelity, if you have an account with them, they'll give you access to Standard & Poor's. And with the Standard & Poor's tear sheet, you could read all about the company that I'm about to talk about. You need to kind of be passive with this and not run into it egregiously, but Taser is the first name that comes to mind. Not only do police agencies not want to kill 
citizens that are not armed or they don't want to use deadly force if they don't have to because cities get sued. So taser, in theory, kills fewer people than bullets do. That's the idea there. And taser also sells a body camera system that's tied towards the taser. And their recent re revenue results were nothing short of awesome. Now, the company's a little bit on the expensive side. But do you think the trend's going to hit every major police force in the United States? I think probably, yeah. I, I see that as an issue. We're hearing more and more about it. Um, the federal government's going to grant, they're going to issue grants for law enforcement agencies to pursue body cameras. And there's a lot of names that I could throw out. But the best, again, that I'm throwing out um, is Taser. A $20 million pilot program to extend the use of police body cameras for transparency was announced by the Department of Justice on Friday amid nationwide protests over police treatments of suspects. Um, whether it be Michael Brown, who was killed by a white officer in Ferguson, the killing of a homeless man in L.A. on Skid Row, the spinal injury of what hit Baltimore's Freddie Gray, body-worn cameras hold tremendous promise for enhancing transparency and for promoting accountability and for advancing public safety for law enforcement officers <clears throat> in the communities that they serve. Um, so through this Department of Justice grant, $17 million is going to go in competitive grants for cameras, $2 million for training and technical issues, $1 million for evaluation. Um, but the names are, and I'll throw out some tickers, um, DGLY, um, ISNS, Taser, SWHC, RGR, LRAD, LRAD, VII and ITI. Again, this is not for the faint of heart. I threw out the ticker so you can consult a broker advisor for your action on the mention. As of now, this is the story of the year, kind of, right? Um, <clears throat> if you need an article on what I just brought up, I could send one out. Um, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. But you have to be really, really careful because a lot of these companies are little startup companies that, yeah, we've kind of seen this problem coming in the past. And that's one of the reasons I gave you some tickers to look into. But Taser's the, probably the most legit of the group. Um, and you're doing something what I would refer to as story stock investing. The story of 2011, what was it? Or 2001, what was the big story 2001? It was 9-11, right? Well... 9-11 didn't happen until September, so in August, the story of the year was that sharks were eating people. We had, like, four shark attacks across the United States, and people were afraid to go in the water. Then 9-11 happened, and the story changed. That's the only thing I caution you about your idea. It's a great idea, but there's a lot of momentum behind it right now, so you're paying a premium, not a discount. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm going to talk to CFP Chad Burton in a second. But first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about what do you do if you get a big sum of money? What if your grandmother bequeaths you a tidy sum or the insurance company gives you a big check because uh, one of their customers ran over your foot or you find a coffee can with gold coins in the attic? Typically, people blow it. They go out and cruise, they buy a car. When all is said and done, they've got squadoosh, squadoosh. Now, the smart thing to do is act like you'll never get it in the first place when you know an inheritance is coming. Or when you see a big windfall. I always try to say, if I got a big, you know, when my mom dies, I'm going to get a, a nice little sum of cash, but I'm not going to spend it. I'll put it into my retirement plan, I'll crunch the numbers, and then I'll see what's left over. I'll spend a little bit of it, because I do think it's important when there's a big windfall that you go out and tip your hat to the person who gave it to you. Um, <clears throat> there's a person in my family who passed away, and when she did, you know, three siblings got a big chunk of change. One of them saved it all. One of them spent 80% of it, and will spend it all when it's all said and done. And one of them uh, has already blown it all has a boat, and they're going to go bankrupt in the next couple of years because the cost associated with maintaining said boat. Uh, and they're treated like there was cancer in the family, and they're treated like, well, I'm going to die anyway, so let's blow this money. And it's what's sad is the person who bequeathed it to the three of them, they had worked their whole lives to create this vast fortune that one-third of it's completely gone, one-third of it 80% is gone, and one-third of it is going to be you know, used to send kids to college. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Anyway, uh, paying off a 30% credit card, great idea with anything where you get like a big lump sum. Uh, but other than that, I think you just slowly take it, take a breath, read a little bit about finance if you're intimidated, go out and buy things like the uh, Common Sense Investing by Vanguard founder Jack Bogle. Uh, you want a financial advisor as a fiduciary, that is, they put your interest above all else. CFP Chad Burton is said fiduciary. Uh, money will scold you. And spend a little bit for sure. Save a lot of it for more sure. Fortune may favor the bold, but it loves the prudent. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Mr. Burton, here comes another email question for you. If I'm in my income from Sarah... If I'm in my late 20s, I almost have a full year of expenses and savings, and my savings checking retirement is almost at 100000 What should I be focusing on next? So Sarah has 100000 in her savings, plus she's got a year saved up? It sounds like she's got a 401k with 100000 Ah, okay. All right. And she's got a year of expenses. You got an age on this girl? Phone number? Pushing 30. She's in her <laughs> late 20s. She currently contributes job. contributes fifteen percent of her salary to her four hundred one k. Sarah's eight, been listening with an eight percent match. She saves seven hundred dollars a month into savings. What's her next? Oh, her next financial goal. She says I want to buy a house, but I guess she's asking the what else should she be thinking about? Well, <clears throat> so Sarah, if you're a high income earner and you can't do a Roth, we'll talk about that for a minute. Let's say if you're eligible for a Roth. Okay. That's she, the, actually, that, I, I know her. I met her at the seminar the other day. Okay. So she, she eligible for a Roth, Rob? Yeah, she makes about sixty. Her boyfriend makes about eighty. 
Okay. So, so yeah, they're they're under the well, if they're not married, it's just based on her income. So she's fine. So I'd still continue to fund a Roth IRA because if her goal is to save for the first house, I mean, you know, you can five percent down in the Bay Area, get a five percent down loan. Good luck with that. Still, even a five percent on a Bay Area home, she's got a while. Most houses are uh, going for cash. Yeah. So if you're if you're coming in with five percent, you're not going to be considered. You know, at that age, six, you live in the ghetto. Six, the ghetto, yeah, sixty thousand of income. I mean, you don't have to own the house that you live in. You could go buy a rental property somewhere else, um, where somebody you know lives, some real estate agent in a great upcoming area somewhere in the northwest, or I don't know. You used to like Carolina, North Carolina, for I like college towns. So college like towns, Raleigh's fine. Yeah, think about college towns. Do you ever get uh, bad renters or party animals in your in your homes? Um, no, but. I can see how it can happen. Yeah, so you just got to be careful. You, I use a management Good company. property manager, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing. Is I don't see how you would afford to buy a Bay Area home in a nice area with $60,000 of income. It's not going to happen. Right. So be a renter. Don't be ashamed of it, As long as, especially as long as you're saving 15 to 20% of your pay like Sarah's doing. Yeah. I think that a Roth IRA growing tax-free in the stock market over 20 years will probably beat that real estate. And, you know, people say, well, my Bay Area home has doubled over the last... 10 years, 15 years. So is the stock market over the last five or six from the bottom. And over the last 100 years, it's averaged 11% without property taxes, without maintenance, without remodeling. You know, eh, you know, remodeling a portfolio is a quarterly rebalance, right? Right. It's not tearing out all your kitchen appliances every 10 years. So, um, Which I seem to be doing every, like, three. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with my kitchen appliances. You're a crazy cooker. I don't know. You're... You need to go bam all the time and just throwing stuff in the pan. <laughs> I did do a little bit of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do the Roth IRA because in a Roth IRA, if you're funding the Roth IRA, it's going to grow tax-free for your retirement. Right. But if you ever decide to buy a house, you can always take your contributions out without paying taxes on those contributions. Okay. If you're under 59 and a half, you're going to pay taxes plus a penalty on the gains. Right. Um, so you can always get the contributions back out. So Definitely continue to max out that Roth IRA. Okay. Um, and then continue to save in very tax-efficient mutual funds. So that would mean that your taxable account, after you've maxed your Roth IRA, you'd be wanting to do invest in large-cap and mid-cap index ETFs or mutual funds, no-load mutual funds, which means that in your 401k at work, that's where you'd have all the other assets, your small cap, your emerging market. So you've got to start balancing your asset location. So you look at your overall asset allocation, and say, okay, I want my taxable accounts to be my large-cap, mid-cap, longer-term hold, tax-managed uh, ETFs or no-load mutual funds. And then, like I said, everything else in your retirement accounts, your REITs, your small-cap, your emerging markets, all that kind of stuff there. So uh, she just has to be careful where she's accumulating different types of assets to keep her taxes low and just continuing to save. And who knows, maybe in five, ten years she'll have enough money to buy that Bay Area home. Okay. Um Thanks very much for that. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Apple is reportedly talking to music labels about discontinuing, discontinuing their free music streaming licenses with Spotify. This is going to be a war, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. If successful, this would be a big blow to Spotify, which had a million users, only of which 15 million are paid subscribers. It's cutthroat. The Department of Justice is said to be looking into Apple's practices. Apple's likely trying to clear the way for its own music service. 
which is rumored to debut in June and is said to be powered by Beats streaming music service. Microsoft was once a great tech company in the 90s. And late 90s, you got the Department of Justice involved and the European uh, justice system. And it can distract a company. A lot of reports are suggesting that Apple services could be around $7.99 a month, making it cheaper than Spotify's, what they charge $9.99 for their premium service. If this is accurate, it would appear that Apple's trying to make Spotify's free music selection much more limited so that people will be more tempted to pay for its own service instead. Apple is also reportedly trying to deal a similar blow to YouTube. Apple offered to pay YouTube music licensing fees to Universal Music Group if the label stops putting its songs on YouTube. Apple already has an antitrust monitor on their campus tied towards books. Um, an ebook antitrust case last year that they lost. So they have a monitor whose oversight is on the company, but only on books. Um, Apple is said to be believing, is said to be courting Taylor Swift and Florence and Machine to offer new songs exclusively on its platform. Music service will likely be integrated into Apple's next big iOS 9 update. What makes the streaming service such a big deal is the fact that Apple is reportedly designing a version of the app for Android as well. So that's going to be their first jump into the Android operating world with one of their services. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. If you haven't heard of this, you've heard of it now. There's two live streaming apps. One's called Periscope. One's called Meerkat. And a lot of people watch the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight for free. When HBO and Showtime got exclusive rights to the fight, they put up a $100 paywall. They took some legal measures against streaming sites that were going to show the match for free, but they couldn't stop people from sharing the feed on their own phones. This could be a big problem for sporting events in the future. Um, I can't condone breaking the law on radio. I know that it goes on. Um, the fight is the most graphic illustration yet of why subscription television is in trouble. Even though cable companies do away with annoying bundles, there's still that problem that kids will go to a baseball game and say, look what I'm seeing, look what I'm seeing. And one person who watched the fight illegally said that she found someone who was doing play-by-play -play commentary. So she said it was pretty good. It's going to be very interesting to watch this one play out in the world of media. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Have you set up an emergency fund? What is an emergency fund? An emergency fund is two to six months of cash, just in case you lose that job. It's not meant to be taught by TVs. It's not meant to go on vacation with. It's emergency cash, because that emergency will hit, and that's when you do not want to be drawing on your 401k. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. When you go to a movie and throw down your hard-earned dollars, you will find that uh, it's expensive. How much of that money goes to the studio? Typically between 50%, but up to 60% of your ticket price will go back to the studio, heavily tied towards the, you know how big the studio is. Disney's big. Disney's got Star Wars and Pixar and Disney and Elsa. Elsa, who really needs to learn to let it go. That's a song that's not overplayed in the minds and ears of our children. Disney's Avengers Age of Ultron had a huge weekend, $187 million, but it didn't beat the all-time opening record of... $207 million, which the original Avengers set back in 2012. Um, by no means is the early 170, 187 million figure a disappointment. A lot of people wanted it over 200. Um, it holds the highest opening weekend in 2015, and it's likely going to beat out Star Wars, another Disney film. Um... So Star Wars will probably beat it out, is the one I meant to say. Uh, but it's one of the largest opening weekends at the box office ever. And altogether, when you add in what the United States with a, a foreign distribution, $626 million worldwide. And what's funny is how formulaic everything Disney is at this point in time. Everything has a formula. I think I once remember there's only 21 ways to tell a story. Um, you know... A plus B equals C, A plus B equals, you know, C, C minus A. And these are all characters and, you know, events that happen. It's all mathematical, believe it or not. But $626 million. Disney now dominates three of the top five spots. Superhero movies comprise four of the top five in all-time movie uh, pulls. So not too shabby. Not too shabby in my world. My world is pretty small at times, but you're with me on this. Uh, quiet start to the week. Not a lot going on. Nothing shocking for sure. Um, taking a look at the markets, the S&P 500 up 7, the Dow up 63, the Nasdaq up 19. Not anything shocking. Gold's at 1800 No, 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 no. That's a big mistake. Read that one wrong. Gold's at $1,189. Um, over the weekend, I was a little shocked to see because I was talking with some of my um, friends who've been. Keep in mind, my friends are you know in their forties, and so they've worked in the whole dot com era back in the you know nineties, the Yahoo's and the Lycos and the Excited Homes and areas like that, right? Um, I was talking to them, and you know, news came out that Sheryl Sandberg's husband had passed away. And you're saying, who the hell is Sheryl Sandberg, and why do I care? Um, depends on your age, because he was right smack about my age. And uh, it was a little bit of a shock, you know. Sheryl Sandberg, um, chief operating officer at Facebook, and big background in Google. But Dave Goldberg, CEO of SurveyMonkey and Sheryl Sandberg's husband, died suddenly Friday night while vacationing. He was 47 years old. Now, we don't have to worry about Sheryl Sandberg and their two wonderful children. Um, 
they're going to be taken well financial care of. But as a 47-year-old man, or, and I'm going to assume everyone's a 47-year-old man, have you prepared enough for your family in case you die suddenly while on vacation? That's one of the reasons I do this show. I want you to, you know, get your financial house in order if you have people that need you and need your income. Like I said, fortunately, it's a blessing that, you know, Sheryl Sandberg has her own career and, you know, Dave Goldberg had, you know, created wealth already. The two of them brought wealth to the marriage-related life and their children will be very well taken care of. But again, ask yourself, let's say you're 32, you're getting ready to get married. Let's say you're, you know, 50, you've got, you know, a 10-year-old kid. Are you going to be able to pay for college? What happens if you die at 50? Because no one thought Dave Goldberg would die. He was pretty darn wealthy. Money can't buy you life. So, but an early death can destroy families, financially speaking. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg commemorated, commemorated the loss on his profile. He said, Dave Goldberg was an amazing person. I'm glad I got to know him. My thoughts and prayers are with Cheryl and her family. I hope friends will join me in celebrating his life by sharing your memories of Dave on his profile, as his brother Rob suggests. Um, that's kind of weird, right? Remember back in the day when you'd go to Awake and you'd talk lovingly about someone who passed away? Now you go to their Facebook page and talk lovingly about someone who passed away. We live in a surreal time. It's good, but it is surreal. Billionaire Warren Buffett uh, was right where he wanted to be Saturday, hosting his annual Buffett-a-thon for 40,000 people who can't get enough of what he says. Um, he's got 80 subsidiaries, uh, pulled in $5.1 billion in the last 90 days in profit. People look at his... Um, get-togethers for any sort of clues on what he's going to do or what he thinks of the economy. On energy, Buffett summoned Berkshire Hathaway Energy CEO Greg Abel to discuss how much energy the Des Moines utility Mid-American Energy will get from wind when its project is completed. The answer is 58%. So you can start seeing that more money is going into wind and solar. Um, anyhow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. It's good talking to you. Hopefully you got something out of the show today. I know I did. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.